0: Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs Radio Show, where we highlight everyone from the top industry leaders to startups and farmers that make it all possible with Chef Jean Blom and photojournalist Amaris Pollock.
1: Welcome, Maltese Foods, and Yes, everyone. At this time, it is an absolute great honor to introduce Kathleen Bianco and the Bianco family in uh, Pittman, New Jersey. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about two wonderful establishments. One is Great Pittman, which is an outstanding bakery known for their absolutely delicious cookies and sweets. And the other is their newest venture, which is called Crazy Cat, which is... You know, it's a relatively new venture, but really specializing in ice cream, soft-serve ice cream, and some wonderful things for summer that just opened up in May of this year. So all that being said, Kathleen, welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. What a great pleasure to have you.
2: Thank you, and thank you for having us.
1: And I know your husband, who is your partner in all this, is with you, so welcome as well. If we could just tell our listeners very quickly... um, how did you get started in all this insanity that is the, you know, food business and and the ice cream and sweet business?
2: Sure. So, uh, in 2019, we, my husband really had had the idea that it would be fun to start another business. Uh, we have a business that's been existing since 1959, wow. and uh, this was a way for us to kind of have a little bit more fun, but yet still have our hand in, in being busy and being involved in a business. So, uh, you know, he had asked my thoughts about, what do you think about opening a cookie shop? And, uh, I have a lot of history with my mother. I had baked my whole life with my mother and he had a lot of family history as well. Baking with his grandmother. Oh, wonderful. So, yeah. So we went and looked at, you know, at a location and one thing led to the next. And, um, Fortunately, we were able to open during COVID, and we were very blessed um, to have customers waiting around the corner to come in the day we opened. So, that that's pretty much the beginning and how we got up and moving.
1: Well, one of the things I know about Crave Fitment is that your cookies, and I, I have been in there, so I know this is a fact, really when you talked about you know your husband with his mother and you with your mother... Your cookies have that made with love, made with mom's touch, made with you know special care feel to them. And although you are a commercial bakery, and you know, let's make no mistake, there's a big difference between cooking with mom in the kitchen and you know making cookies for you know, the masses on any given day. But you've still been able to maintain that quality and that and and that feel, that comfort that comes with a really good cookie. So, you kudos to you with that. Um, How was that change, though, going from, yeah, okay, I could bake cookies with mom, but now I'm baking (laughs) for, you know, hundreds and hundreds a day?
2: Yeah. So, honestly, uh, Mike and I learned very early on that while we were good bakers, the demand was greater than what we had anticipated. So, we did have to hire some professional bakers and pastry chefs very early on in into the business. Uh, that being said, we both have a hand in day-to-day activities. So while we're not handling, you know, with having our hands in the flour and the dry ingredients anymore, we are involved with just about everything that goes on there.
1: As, as a good owner should, obviously. And, you know, what a great time for you to open to, just when people needed comfort food. Just when people need that, you know, feel good with all the turmoil that was in the world and uncertainty going on. And, you know, I know that, you know, during that period of time, bakeries and places that were still open and serving were doing really well because people needed that. You know, you only let two or two people in at a time, if that, but, you know, it was such a wonderful thing to be able to do that. So, you know, kudos Thanks. to you for that. So Thanks. that leads us to, hey... We're still bored. We have multiple businesses. What else, else could we do? And that would be where we come to now, you know, with um, What What's the inspiration behind that?
3: Well,
2: a uh, little bit of a silly thing in a sense, but uh, my husband had always wanted to have an ice cream machine. So we just didn't have the room for it at Crave. So we thought, huh, what if we start another business and we can have ice cream and bakery items because, you know, we were both familiar with baking other items as well. So uh, we started uh, looking for different locations. We had found a few. And um, fortunately for us, the store next to Craig became vacant and we jumped right on it so that we could just expand our business and flow through the wall and have uh, two businesses that are easily accessible to each other.
1: So, one of the things that you guys do there at Crazy Cat, obviously you do soft serve ice cream, but you also do delicious milkshakes, and then you do specially baked goods as well. So, you know, yeah, you bake with love, you do all that, you have that background. So who is the the creative? Is that your pastry chefs or is that you and your husband that are saying, you know what, we're going to do, we're going to create this and we're going to bake this and we're going to do that. You know, who's the real uh, sweet tooth minded guide for all that?
2: So it's a collaboration of efforts. Uh, When we started out, Mike and I had a pretty good idea of what it was that we wanted to be able to offer. And uh, we are, we're still offering some of those things, but we are adding other things in uh, often. And one of the things that I think most people find exciting about our stores is that we're always introducing new items. We try to not have the same things all the time and it just creates an ongoing interest that our our customers want to come in and see what we have today and see what's new.
1: Well, you do have an outstanding location right there on Broadway in Pittman, New Jersey. I mean, what a what a great you know, area for you to be in and, and you even pick up the street traffic and have people You're stopping wrong. on a regular basis. So tell You're our right. listeners about You're what right. your biggest items are. What What's everybody going through? Uh, uh, we'll get into the ice, okay. ice cream yeah. a little bit because I have some background in that. But, you know, what what are your big yeah. bake What are people really uh, banging down the door for?
2: So uh, cheesecakes are one of our number one selling items. Yeah. And we offer fruited cheesecakes. We offer... <laughs> cheesecakes that are cookies and cream or peanut butter or, you know, some more eclectic flavors. And um, we also offer a lot of our items in gluten-free and gluten-friendly items. And that's, we specialize in the gluten-friendly cheesecakes as well. Uh, We also have mousse bombs. That's one of our number one sellers and something that we've had since day one. And uh, they come in different flavors. There's Cookies and cream, there's peanut butter and chocolate, strawberry mousse bombs. So again, we're always trying to come up with new ideas and new flavors for those mousse bombs as well.
1: Well, I did see your your extensive list of gluten friendly, you know, pastry items that you do and, and that's a whole new level and a whole new skill set in itself, you know, in doing that, being able to do gluten gluten friendly, gluten free baked goods and still produce a quality. I mean, I know, as a chef, as a pastry chef, as as a food person, you know, watching the transition of products through the years and you know, when, when gluten free pasta first came out, you know nobody <laughs> wanted to eat that. It was just a terrible, terrible, terrible product. And, you know, you can now get gluten free product or gluten free pasta that's of a, a good quality. But you know yeah. but still finding the ingredients and be able to get them to work is such a difficult thing. So Do you or your husband actually have a background in doing that, or is it something you just learned on the job?
2: Well, we learned because we had to. Uh, We have two children that have severe gluten allergies and one is celiac. So, you know, it, it started with me not wanting to have her not have any Christmas cookies when I was making them for the rest of my family. So, you know, we just started... Substituting different types of flours, gluten free flour, and uh, we actually found a measure for measure gluten free flour that seems to give us a pretty good quality product. So it's, you know, it started out with just the one child, and then, the, like I said, the second one was diagnosed with celiacs a few years later. So since then, uh, we have really seen a great need for gluten friendly items, and we have a large following just because of that. So we always try to have. You know several different cookie bars and cookies at Crave, and then whatever we can make at the Crazy Cat that's gluten free, we do. So we also have uh, gluten free cupcakes. We do specialty cakes, and they can be ordered in gluten free or regular. We always have them in the in the case as well.
1: That's such a wonderful thing. I, you know, I know from being around food all my life that any time we discover. Anything out of the normal when we started, when everybody started looking at vegan and vegetarian options. And years ago, if you went to dinner and you were going to a banquet and you said, I'm a vegetarian, you got the starch and the veggie that the restaurant, at the caterer facility was serving that night, and uh you were going to be happy with that. You know, they just took the protein off. And, you know, things have changed over the years, obviously, in that realm, but, and things have changed in gluten free, but. You know, to have people put love and attention like you do there into those products, it makes such a difference for the people. Obviously, you know that with your daughters, you know, and, and for the clients that, you know, somebody is, is pouring their heart and soul into making me, who has, you know, this allergy, you know, feel wonderful and feel welcome and giving me that comfort. And, you know, when you tell that story, it kind of gives me goosebumps and, it's just a wow, really wonderful really,
2: really,
1: really thing. I don't so ever want anyone to feel left this. out. Huh? Yeah, nobody feels left out. And that's a wonderful thing. You know, today yeah. I, when you told that story about, you know, I didn't want my daughter left out, like as a parent I could I could feel that. That's that's a you know, that's a real pain. That's a you know, something we suffer with because one of our children, you know, has an allergy or you know, can't have something in and want them to enjoy. And, uh I, exactly. I heard it in your voice. Yeah, it, it was very clear. Thank you. So tell me about the the ice cream world and how that's doing for you over there in Pittman. That's a whole different world in itself.
2: And we're still learning. At the I'm sorry. But we do have chopped, yep, we have chopped regular cones. Okay. We've got gluten-free cones.
3: Uh, you know,
2: serve it in a cup. Um, but one of the things we really are focusing on is the flavor fusion. That's where we trade Okay. So we have some that are pre-made. We will make them to order. Um, one of my favorites though, was with a blueberry cheesecake, and it was blended in with vanilla, and it was phenomenal.
1: I love that you can you're playing with that and you're combining two of your passions, one of the being flavors, and then you know when you get the blueberries being from New Jersey, that's even a whole other realm to that world. Um, so many people, especially in the soft serve world or the things like that. Well, you know, I have now I have chocolate, I have twist, and you know you're you're going on and you're blending things and doing different things, and you know it's a it's a a wonderful thing. So. You know, somebody in your family has a true love to sweets. That's obvious.
2: Uh, you know, <laughs> we so do love to eat. We have to say it, that.
1: <laughs> it, it, you know, it sounds, like a, it sounds like a place I could hang out for on a regular basis and do that. <laughs> you know. now,
2: well, that
1: coming sounds in the fall, Well, we'll be looking at any fall things coming in. You, you know, you will be looking
2: into um, Yeah. So we've already started rolling out a few pumpkin items, and I I kind of cringe a little bit when I say that because, you know, summer's not over, but um, we kind of got on the bandwagon with the pumpkin items, and we have our white pumpkin doodle cookie at Crave, which is one of our number one sellers in the fall, and we'll be adding more and more items as we go further into September. And, of course, at the Crazy Cat, we're going to be transitioning into The pumpkin cheesecakes, different types of pumpkin cakes. We'll be having lots of different fall-flavored pies, whether it be a pumpkin pie, apple pie, um, you know, all the fall flavors will be incorporated into our regular items that we have in the case.
1: So as we're just winding down on that quick 18 minutes, um, tell our listeners who are out there who are now having that massive sweet tooth hit them, where they can find, um, obviously, Crave, and then where they can find Crazy Cat. And since they're right next to each other, it's even easier. But where we can find you on social media and where we can come and get your desserts.
2: That would be wonderful. Thank you.
1: So your address is located at, if I'm correct, 95 Broadway?
2: It's 9 South Broadway is Crave. And the Crazy Cat is 11 South Broadway, also in Pittman.
1: Absolutely. And where can we find you online?
2: So uh, it is our website is cravepitman.com. The uh, for uh, I'm sorry, Instagram is underscore crave underscore pitman. And the crazy cat is simply the crazy cat.
1: Well, I will tell everybody who has an Instagram account to go onto Instagram and I promise you, you will be just looking at the pictures of there taking a drive over to Pitman, New Jersey in a very, very nervous. Thank you both so much for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. We appreciate it. We look forward to your fall flavors. I will certainly be making another visit over that way. And uh, it's a great pleasure to talk to you.
2: Thank you very much. I appreciate your help. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye.
1: Thank
4: you, everyone. And we'll be right back after a short commercial break.
0: Join us on Food Farms and Chefs radio show, where we highlight everyone from top industry leaders to startups and the Farmers Who Make It All Possible with co-hosts Jean Blom and Amaris Pollock, with original episodes that debut every Tuesday at 6 p.m. on WWDB, 97.5 HD2, and at WWDBAM.com and on your smart speaker.
1: Well, welcome back to Food, Farms & chess at this time. It's a wonderful opportunity and a great pleasure to speak with a Temple alumni, a person who has background in not only great food and having a lot of fun, but in the food truck world, something I you know, know dearly, as well as now a brick-and-mortar kitchen. So can we get a big welcome for Shmaya Bella Oberton of Rock and Rolls Philadelphia. Shmaya welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. Great pleasure to have you with us today.
3: Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited.
1: So, Shmaya, we have a, a, a little bit of an interesting story going on with you. You know, you started out a project working out of your home, um, you know, doing really specially egg rolls and spring rolls and things like that, but all kinds of amazing flavors bring on, you know, so much fusion and so many unique cultures into one and that all started out of kind of the need and necessity as well as the inspiration of your mother who at that time was fighting cancer and this was you know came about from your many trips to chemotherapy and all And I apologize for talking about this, and and I know it's a difficult situation, but it's such a great story because it's who you are today and why, you know, you're so community focused. And again, my condolences for the loss of your mother. But tell our listeners how this whole Green Enterprise came to be.
3: Uh, Thank you so much, Um, you know, about your condolences and everything for my mother. Really appreciate it um how the business itself came to be yes
1: yes we got to before we got to where we are i mean it's been multiple steps we've gone through from your house to you know a food truck to a ghost kitchen now to brick and mortar but really let's talk about the early days like what's your inspiration for food and then your inspiration for rock and roll silly rock and roll silly and and you know how that all came about, where you were working at in your own to these amazing
3: products. Right, absolutely. So, the um, the vision and the foundation of rock and roll started for me and my mother at the time. You know, she was transitioning and battling cancer at the time, so we spent a lot of time at chemo appointments. And I don't know if you guys. Um, you know, I've never had any personal experience of cancer, but, you know, there's a lot of chemo appointments. There's a lot of, like, you know, just sitting, waiting. So at these appointments, um, we just use that time to brainstorm. We already had the idea of opening up a food truck at 30, at 36th and Market. The city gave us the spot, but we had no idea what we were going to offer at that food truck, and we used that time to conceptualize rock and rolls. At the time, our family was selling dinners um, just pretty much our house to, like, raise money to help us with the medical expenses. And we noticed that everyone who purchased our dinners, they had, like, a, a very specific and unique interest in, you know, th- uh, the egg rolls that we were selling at the time. And then I'm like, hey, what did we try, like our favorite like dishes in April's because now it's more popular. But back then nobody was really doing it. Nobody was really like taking American dishes and, you know, infusing them and marrying them together with egg rolls. Like, you could probably find, like, a cheesesteak roll at the most at the time, but nothing compared to what we, you know, experience now with egg rolls. So me and my mother, we kind of, like, just put together all these recipes and that kind of, like, formulated rock and rolls. Yeah, and
1: this was, you know, started out of your home and quickly made it to the food truck. And you have you touched on it exactly. You have some... Amazing combinations of egg rolls, I here. Mean, you know, obviously, buffalo chicken, and then, but like a sweet chili salmon, a Caribbean dirt chicken, uh, you know, you do a seafood mac and cheese. You know, you do some really, and obviously, you know, the Philadelphia cheesesteak and things like that. Um, you know, really blending a lot of different cultures and, and giving them to people in something that's. You know, so friendly and grab-and-go and, and so easy to eat and, and things like that. And I know your business out there, you know, at University of Penn and out that way really took off uh, and did really well. Um, but then you had a little bit of a tragedy. You had, a, you know, a, an accident with the food truck, uh, made you go to the ghost kitchen. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but your business even took off more from there.
3: Absolutely. Um and 2020, I know it was a hard time for everybody, like with the pandemic and everything. But 2020 rock and roll was a very difficult year. Um, at the time, we had two food, two mobile food businesses, and we lost both of them. One of them we lost on, um, you know, an accident on I ninety five, and the other one someone stole it. And all this was in the of a matter of months. So at the time, you know, a lot of I was, I was definitely discouraged, and like my family and friends, like they like, you know. Maybe this is a sign. Maybe it's just time for you to slow down. And, you know, so many people were talking me out of, um, you know, just fighting for my business and fighting to keep my business alive. And everybody like, you know, won't you just, you know, at this point, just get a, you know, a regular job. But I just didn't want to give up on that vision that I started in 2016 and, you know, the goals that I set for this company with my mother. I didn't want to give give up on it so I didn't it was like I said a very dark time for us because I pretty much like lost everything i also was a new mom to two children I just had one and was pregnant with the other one so I also was dealing with like you know spouts of postpartum and things of that nature but I remember one day I kind of just sat at my dining room table and you know this isn't the right way to do it so I'm not promoting it but I hope that the message that people get out of this story that i'm telling right now is to never give up on your vision always finish what you started um because it would have been easy for me to give up at that time like i said at the time it, it just felt like i lost everything um that i've been building since 2016 but um i sat at my my dining room table and i decided to cut my tables on my online ordering on and i said god um said a prayer, said God, specifically said, God, you know, if I get one order today, I'll be grateful. And and I don't know, God must answer my prayer, because it seems like from that day, rock and roll has just been striving ever since.
1: Well, there's a couple things. There, one is your perseverance, your story, and, and you know you are that model of never give up. I mean, you did have some incredible adversity, you know. You're you're dealing with your mom, obviously, a new mom, and all that means. And then you know you had the issues with the food tracks, and you just kept going. And and you know the time was right, and it was your time, and and it happened, and and that happened because of you. And you know while we could all talk about a lot of different things, in the stars aligned, but I really. You know, if you didn't have that heart and that willpower and wanting to keep this mind, I'm going to keep touching on that because that is something that still carries over today. So let's jump forward a little bit um, to June of this year, uh, a little brick-and-mortar location on Home Avenue in Philadelphia that is much more than just rock and rolls. It's, you know, you have uh, desserts as well. You have a lot of other stuff going on there. You have a little CBD bar going on there. And you have a, a little coffee bar going on. There's so many wonderful things happening uh, at your location. But the one common trait, again, is living up to that you know, goal you set to keep that vision and dream of your mom alive. But you started that community feel the day you opened that store by donating your really generous portion of your proceeds to a local organization that helps you know youth in sports and things like that in a day when you know you're opening your doors and and you got massive bills and everything else you're thinking about giving back to the community so tell us now about your location here on home avenue
3: Oh, uh, yes, it is amazing. Um, this location here is actually very special for us because it's our first full-service, um, you know, brick-and-mortar restaurant. Uh, it isn't our first physical location because we started out, we moved from the food truck to a ghost kitchen at 13th and Girard. Um That was in twenty shortly after like 2021, right after the pandemic. um, No one was doing ghost kitchens at the time. You know, it was newly presented. It was something they pretty much came up with after the pandemic. And um, I took the leap of faith there, not really knowing what I was getting into, because as I said, it was new to everybody. And that was just like an amazing decision that once again, I stood in that ghost kitchen the first day we turned on our orders, which was January 2021 and i said that same prayer god if i get even one order in here i will be grateful and the orders have been overflowing ever since uh now we average about 200 orders a day at that ghost kitchen so of course you know i listen to my customers and i start listening to the the men for for customers to be able to have a more interpersonal interaction with us when they come in because at the ghost kitchen we don't really have much of a connection with our customers like a personal connection outside of them giving us a call over the phone so me listening to my customers wanting to connect more with us and wanting to be able to walk in and place the order with us you know I took the leap of faith to open up a traditional brick and mortar and you know that's the one we just opened on Home Avenue um, June twenty 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 three. 2023 and the outpouring from the community was, oh, my gosh, something that I would never have thought. Because as I said, you know, we were operating at the time in a ghost kitchen. So I always connect with my community the best ways I can. I, I, I'm I constantly doing giveaways uh, to single moms, to prom, prom goers. And, you know, in whatever way I feel like I can help, I'm always doing it. So and community is very important to me. So, you know, I... um i always been connected to the community through everything that we do, but I just wasn't expecting the outpouring from everyone when we did have our grand opening. It was so many people, and I was just so humbled and just so grateful. And yes, you are correct at the time. I, every time rock and roll has reached a new pivot in our career, I always commit to an uh, organization. So I felt like us opening up this brick and mortar was a new level for us. And that's my promise to like, God. Every time my business reach a new level, I'm gonna bless someone. So with this opening, we did decide to bless Big Hustle Sports, um, a local youth organization. And he was so grateful. And I knew that he was definitely the one that we wanted to connect with. If I started following him a few years ago on Instagram, and just, he does so much for the kids getting them off the streets and it's just so amazing what he does so i was very humbled to be able to give to his organization well you do
1: know a little bit about the sports connection too as you know you are one of the preferred people for both the 76ers and the philadelphia eagles for when they're looking (laughs) for snacks and things like that so i know a little bit about that connection but before we get into any of that let's talk about like your favorites. Let's talk about your product. So, you know, give me a couple minutes of you know, what your favorites are, what your customer favorites are, uh, you know, what your biggest sellers are.
3: Alrighty, um I guess we can start with my favorites. My favorites is definitely most of my customers' favorites as well. Um it's so it'd be so difficult when customers ask me this question as well because I end up seeing about five or six things on the menu and I know the customers be thinking yeah right like you you can't have like five favorites but I absolutely do um, I would say my my ultimate favorite favorite at Rock and Rolls will be the strawberry cheesecake egg roll I think that is one of my favorite and that is just the thing that I'm always going to go to especially if I have a sweet tooth. Um, I also like to pair it. I'm a little greedy, so I like to pair the strawberry cheesecake, strawberry cheesecake egg roll with the peach cobbler egg roll and a side of ice cream. So that's definitely my ultimate favorite dessert item on the menu. Would we go into savory rolls as a tie? I would say with our savory rolls, savory rolls, um, my favorite would be either our ultimate cheesesteak egg roll or a sweet chili salmon egg roll. Those are also our our top sellers. It would be either the sweet chili salmon or the ultimate cheesesteak or our lump crab cake egg roll. So I got quite a few favorites at Rock and Rolls. I don't know how much time you guys got. <laughs>
1: Um, Well, you know what? They all sound absolutely delicious. When I was reading through the menu and I came upon the seafood mac and cheese one, I'm like, oh, God, that's like everything wrapped up in one. And, you know, like what a wonderful, wonderful combination of things. But, you know, so much you have. And I love the fact you've added dessert ones as well now. And that's such a cool thing that you're doing there you know, and being able to, uh, bring those flavors around. So as we're starting to wind down on time a little bit, and I don't want to run out since you've opened up on home Avenue, uh, do you have any plans for another location? Uh,
3: uh, the demand is definitely there. I'm just trying to figure out if, we're looking for, we're definitely looking for our next location. Absolutely. Um, but we're trying to figure out if we want to go a warehouse route because I've, we've really been getting a demand for wholesale. We are in the middle of a deal with shop, right? So we will be, um, you know, in the market, in a local market pretty soon We're. People can just go into the market and pick up some rock and rolls and make, you know, in the comfort of their own home. So we're very excited about that. So we definitely got that going on. And we also have our food truck that will be open in the next 60 days on the Temple University University campus. So we're very excited about that. And um, I was speaking to someone. His name is Dewey from Temple. I'm not sure if you guys know him, but he was like, he brought to my attention that this was like a full circle moment that, you know, I remember being on Temple campus as a student and frequently going to the food trucks on campus like every day. And now to be able to own a food truck on campus, that means a whole lot to me. So I'm very excited and proud about that moment and really looking forward to that as well.
1: You should be very proud about that. It's, you're going to do extremely well there. Thank you so much. Well there, I you. As a of a student at Temple and as somebody who got my teaching certification from Temple and as somebody who worked at Temple, I wish you were there when I was there. <laughs> so we're winding down here on time. Tell our listeners where we can find you on social media and rate right in person.
3: You can find us on social media at Rock and Rolls Philly. That's Rock and Rolls with the letter N, not the word. Rock and Rolls Philly. You can find us on all platforms with that tag. We just started our TikTok journey, so absolutely follow us on TikTok. Uh, From what I hear, we've been blowing up on TikTok, so I got to get familiarized with TikTok. So that's where you guys can find us on social media. Uh, we also have two locations right now that's open right now. That'll be our home Avenue location. That's 2903 home Avenue and our Gerard location, which is a ghost kitchen. That's 1308 West Gerard Avenue located in the food net.
1: It's been a great pleasure to talk to you. We will certainly have you back again. I will certainly be coming down to the home Avenue location and trying some of these, one of these days. Uh, very soon, and uh, hopefully if I do, I'll have an opportunity to run into you. It would be a great pleasure. Uh, You know, I wish you the very best in all you do. I really feel your energy is just really positive. You know, for our listeners, um, your mother passed away right before the opening of your new store, but you know what? The success is there, and it's there because of that positivity. So thank you very much. And have a wonderful day, and we'll talk again soon.
3: Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate, you know, you guys shining a light on my company and what it is, everything that I do for the community. Um, I will be doing some type of um, back-to-school giveaway for single moms, so anybody listening, please look out for that. I will definitely be posting it on our social media. Again, thank you guys so much for the opportunity.
1: Thank you. Bye now.
3: thank you chef so much
4: and we'll be right back after this quick commercial break
0: To become a sponsor of Food Farms and Chefs and have your business or event promoted on two radio stations in Philadelphia that play on Tuesdays during drive-time radio and on a station in New York on Fridays at 1 p.m., you can email us at foodfarmsandchefs at yahoo.com, ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com, or arpolykus at gmail.com.
1: Welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs. Uh, At this time, another... uh, great opportunity to talk to somebody with a little bit of a temple connection but one of my great passions in life if you don't know is beer and we're going to talk to somebody who has a great deal of experience and connected beer drinking people who truly love great beer and great beer activities with great breweries and the new businesses and hip places to go in the city so that being said uh, welcome, Evan Blum. No relation to Gene Blum. Just want to get that clear right out there. But welcome, Evan Blum from Brutat. Evan, welcome to Food, Farms, and Chefs. Hello,
4: Gene. Thanks so much for having me on. Really appreciate it.
1: So, Evan, you you came about and and really are, are doing something different in connecting, uh, really a uh, uh, an audience that loves beer and beer related activities to. You know, great local breweries and great mom-and-pop breweries and places like that. You know, what made you get into this? How did you get into this? You know, I I mean, this is not something you ever, you know, sat out and said, I'm going to do this. You know, this came about from a passion and a love. Tell that story a little bit.
4: Sure. So, really, the passion came from me being somebody that really likes to just go and try different things. And breweries themselves are all different, all different art forms. And that's kind of how I, I view them, going the different sort of local, local beer being made, the different flight glasses, the different taproom experiences, all has this really profound and like just encapsulating showcase of this, this beer scene. Ah, uh, being at a young age under 20, you were allowed to go into breweries. You couldn't drink anything, but you can go into breweries, and that's something that I was always doing, going with some older friends of ours, uh, and cousins, and so, and always really looking and like just oh, I want to try these different beers. These look so fun. So that's kind of how the the love kind of started for it. My background is actually in supply chain. Uh, from Temple University, and really what happened was looking down just in 30 years from now, looking to see, is this something I'm going to be happy with, where I'm currently in my career path, or can we try something a little bit different? And that's kind of where the craft beer route came in. So really trying to showcase what the different brewery experiences might be in in a different sort of light, uh, for some people that are a bit younger towards more my age and showcasing in a little bit different of a variety. So there's about 1,200 different breweries in New York, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey themselves. So really to discover these new places that might be in your backyard is not necessarily the as easy as you might think. So trying to be a spot on brewed at our Instagram is to showcase what different breweries are right around you, what they have going on in the scene, what fun events they're doing, the different beers they're making, the food they're having, all that just kind of showcase on social media for somebody that really likes, really likes beer or really likes to, and wants to learn about the beer scene. So kind of a craft beer 101
1: and what's happening in your area. Well, and, and, you know, you touched upon, you know, this growing market today. And it really is. I mean, so, you know, in the Philadelphia region, we have had beer festivals for a number of years. And, you know, you, there, was some, there was an underground scene for it a long time. And then, you know, on comes, you know, What's Brewing PA and, you know, a little bit of the app on social media. and You get that other app on tap. But then you come about it. You really grabbed hold of a niche audience, you grab hold of, you know, the uh, good disposable income, younger, fun, I, I don't want to use the word hipster, but I'm going to, you know, crowd with <laughs> people who have a, a passion to learn more, not just, you know, drink, but learn more and be involved and you know, what's new and for activities and get nights out and not just about, you know, hey, they have, you know, 16 beers on tap, 10 eight IPAs, whatever, but also, hey, they have this going on there, and they had that going on there, and this is a really wonderful night. So, you know, you do, your app and your service provides so much more than, you know, some of the other things that are going on there, and, and you know, what's pro television show, obviously, on NBC. That's great because they're doing some of that. I know they're going to be up here in Bucks County this week, and they're now going to do, uh, you know, the, the, the Stein holding competitions and things like that. They're touching on some of that. But you really appeal to that audience. So, you know, who are your demographics? Who, who's signing on and, and following you and, and really, you know, What is your demographic?
4: Yeah, so, like, as far as an audience goes, the the way that I like to keep it is very casual, introductory, (sighs) into the world of craft beer. So, looking to see all that's going on. This is for somebody that might be a big craft beer fan already, probably knows a ton of knowledge about all the beers, all the locations, but seeing it in a different light and almost, just seeing it in a almost manner of showcasing what the breweries are themselves. But really one of the, one of the key things that we're trying to do is put out this on social media for really the next generation of craft beer drinkers. So Gen Z that's up and coming into the craft beer scene, graduating college, going through that classic college experience and going from, what you might find in the dorms to now, like, more of a realistic, good-tasting beer and just, like, really enjoy now what you have to offer at these different breweries. And so that is that is a lot of what our reach is on on social media. And people in that demographic is kind of the key on showcasing this in a new light, in in a new way, Um, but all showcasing
1: just local craft beer. As a craft beer... Person, as an individual that's in this field and in this industry, you know, you are 100% correct. There are so many places that people don't know. I'm the only craft brewery in my township and have so many people don't even know we exist. And, you know, through the efforts of your organization, you know, people are finding out more and more and more and doing more and more and more and, and coming in the doors because of. You know, services just like you, and, and it's really a wonderful thing. So, you know, the second part of what you do, and you're connecting, you know, this next generation of beer drinkers and giving them material, but you also provide a service for businesses as well, and you do some really great things in that line, from showcasing, from social media, to you know, kind of SEO positioning things like that. Mm -hmm. So tell our our listeners who may be in the business or looking to promote their business, you know, what services you offer.
4: Yeah. So behind the scenes, really what we focus on is our our social media marketing and production. So by using kind of the brand that we're, we're showcasing, bringing in all these people eager to discover what's happening in this scene, we're able to showcase local businesses in a strong sort of concrete way within the beer scene. So doing sort of posts that engage the audience in this ex brewery is having this sort of festival going on. There's a taproom expansion having it happening at this brewery. Look at this beer collab that's happening with these two breweries or this local business and brewery. All sorts of things that people are really eager to to know but doesn't necessarily have an impact as widely from one brewery speaking about this. But with our support and just cultivating this group of people looking for local craft beer information of what's happening in the area, it's, it's a stronger push to get that different crowd of people introducing new people to your brewery and pushing out this information to showcase what sort of impact we have. And then any of that can be done through different social media posts, different video production, different photography of these events and breweries. And that's kind of the big piece that we're putting out here, but putting that all together and showcasing this very front facing to people that are very eager and very consumer facing in that sense.
1: Well, uh, and You know, the importance of your service, and and I'm going to speak here for me because in in full disclosure, your service really interests me as a brewery person Um, because, you know, I'm managing a brewery, I'm managing a venue, I'm doing things like that, I'm producing beer. I don't have hours to devote to my social media presence, but I know I have to have one. I better have a good one. So, you know, how to do that, and by any means, you know, I should be putting my efforts into making beer, and I'm a better beer maker than I am a social media person. So, you know, I, I need that expertise, and that's something that you guys are, are giving these businesses and doing that. But, you know, again, and we're going to make that full circle, you do the the other aspect, where you're bringing people together for you know, showing people great times of what's in their local neighborhood, what's going on in the city, what's going on in a short drive. And now you're doing that in kind of a tri-state area as well. So you're certainly growing and expanding in that whole process. How are you
4: being received? So we're being that, – that's a, that's a great question. So we're being received, I would say, two different ways. The first way is once we explain and showcase two people face-to-face on who we are, what we are, it, you can see a light almost in in them that they understand and they get, like, it's a really cool idea and avenue to support these local businesses. And, and also just, like, to see all these different breweries in one spot where we can then go to and find these places. It's being received very well on that end. The hard part is some... Some businesses, still to this day, it, they don't necessarily see the, the financial impact that social media can put on their bottom line, and, and it's almost, that's been a little bit harder to showcase that through social media and really just having to sit down and having those one-on-one conversations to be like, these are the differences and this is why. So that second part is harder to do if you're not really talking face-to-face with people.
1: And and you are so right. You know, in my particular situation, I have an ownership group I answer to. You know, I see the value of, of, you know, social media marketing and presence. But, you know, it's not something a lot of ownership groups or owners budget for or a lot for. And, you know, so now when you're coming to them and saying that we need to spend X amount of money or, you know, whatever, and increase that, you know, for many businesses, especially small breweries, well, you know, that whatever X amount of money that we're spending, you know, that's materials or hops or whatever that is, you know, not money. There's not a tremendous margin. If people think the brewery owners are making money hand over fist, stop thinking that. Trust me. We're not. Um, you know, it's an expensive venture. Uh, you know, products cost more, and products are going up and up and up. And you know, breweries aren't increasing their their costs right now, but you know we're absorbing cost increases of products. Equipment costs a fortune to maintain and and you know do things like that. So you know, when we're talking to breweries, that has to be an incredibly difficult battle for you, because you know they have to juggle and say, well, okay, I'm going to invest this little bit of money, and it's you know, I. You, you provide a great service, but uh, you know, I, I, I wish you luck in doing that because it's really a vital service for so many businesses out there. You know, So is there a plan for expansion to other markets? Yeah,
4: yeah, it, it, there absolutely is. There's different sort of plans that we're looking to get into, such as new, like New Jersey, at some point get into New York, and also just from our side other sort of revenue streams and potential like other concepts that can even help market the breweries and what they're doing even more so. So it all rolls up into a larger sort of presence with, with podcasts and with different sort of outlets that we're, we're looking into at this point. But yeah, it, there's, there's definitely a reach here that we're looking to achieve and hopefully become just a a name in the future to be,
1: like, the spot to find your local craft breweries. So I'm not gonna to put you on too much of a spot, but so when you're going out to drink, you're going out to have a beer. So what's your <laughs> beer profile? Are You an IPA guy? Are you a filter? You a lager? What 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 are you drinking? I don't want to know where because <laughs> I'll be heartbroken. But uh, what are you drinking?
4: I'm either drinking a light lager or maybe even a sour on certain days, which I know could be a, a take in certain scenarios, but I I enjoy it. I enjoy different in different tastes, but definitely a lighter uh, IBU sort of
1: person though. Okay. Okay. I, you know, I, uh, I love that you were, you were into sours. That's a great thing. It says a lot about, uh, you know, what your passionate beer is. And, and, you know, that's something that a lot of people won't even go near and It's, you know, it's such a bad yep. thing that they won't, but, uh, I really, really love that. So, you know, and how about as we're coming into the fall, do you have a, a, a flavor profile there?
4: Uh, I like, I'd love a good, like best beer or Oktoberfest. So okay. um, I'm pretty excited for this time of season. It's going to be, it, it, it's, it's right next to summer, Fall is the best time for beer.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I, I certainly agree. It's it's when it really does go well. And I guess there's no you know coincidence that when Oktoberfest happens, so you know it it really is that, and that the food blends itself. We you know, fall flavors blend themselves to beer so well, and uh, you know it really is a wonderful thing. in aspect. So, where can our listeners? get information about Brutat?
4: Yeah. So the best place to find us and see all of our activity is on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, just at Brutat. And and the other places, we have a website that's out as well. So you can go through there. That's more uh, business-focused side, so you can check that out and get in contact through our website at broodat.com.
1: Evan, thank you so much for joining us on food farms and chefs. Again, the services broodat listeners go pick, take a look at it, take a look at their social media. You're going to get some great places to drink. Evan, thank you so much. Business owners, you know, broodat the website, go find out how they can help you grow your brewery business. Something we all need. Thank you for what you're doing for the beer industry. Greatly appreciate your hard work and efforts. Always great to talk to another Temple person. Thank you for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. Thank you, Gene. Have a good one.
4: Thank you all so much, and we will see you all next week for another Food Farms and Chef with Amaris and Gene. We'll see you then. To listen to the rest of Food Farms and Chefs, tune your HD radio to 97.5 WPEN HD2 or stream live from WWDBAM.com.
3: Oh, uh, oh,
0: sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen
2: to
3: me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me.
2: I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care.
1: For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov.
4: Mr. Rogers said, look for the helpers. You can always find
3: people who are helping. Thank you to all the first responders who put their lives in danger to help us when my brothers and sisters and mom and dad and grandpa and grandma need them. Thank you, first responders.
4: This is what I signed up for as a first responder. I am constantly worried about being exposed to this virus and potentially bringing it back to my home and my family. I'm going to continue going to work day in and day out and providing help to those that need it.
3: We look out for the helpers because they look out for us. Thank you, first responders. Thank Thank you, first responders.
2: Thank you, first responders. Love you.
1: Be safe, look after yourself, and look after one another. Thanks.
0: Let's show up for first responders and their families. Go to firstrcf.org
2: to find out how you can help today.